Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Soshing with Suntwin. I'm just going to let the feed populate a bit and do the normal sharing that I do every time. Um, thanks for coming and getting involved. And um, got some good questions lined up, and uh, hopefully we cover some cool topics. Okay, so that's shared there. That's great. Um, let's see what else. There we go. So I need to put that, and I just need to mute this quickly. Uh huh. If you're there, drop a comment, say hi. It uh, helps me see who's there and what's going on, and helps see others to interact a little bit. <laughs> See, there's five of you. Say hi. Huh. Yo, Tyrone, what's up? It's been long since I saw you, buddy. Hope all is well with you. So you'll see I'm going to be looking all over the place because I've got some questions up there. I've got some things over there. Oh, we've got one from the UK so far. Tyrone, where are you? You're still in Zimbro. Right. So let's see. What do we have? Yay. Hey, Gabs and Tracy. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming. Maylene, you're in the UK, I think. Yeah, just drop your drop your location if you're comfortable to do so, so I can see where you're from. Right, shall we get the show on the road? Um, where do we start? I've got some good questions here. At any stage, if you want to uh, join in the thing or have any questions regarding what we're talking about, just drop your drop your question in the comments, and we'll see if we can get to them. And yeah, let's go. So the first one, uh, let's put this one up. So this is from Umar Kassim. Um, yesterday, Umar uh, challenged me to do the 25 press-ups in 25 days thing and uh, threw in a, a question for today as well. So Umar says, I know you went through a fitness transformation last year. What was the most difficult part and how did you keep yourself motivated and on track? That's a good question. Um, the hardest part, to be honest, was starting. Um, just breaking that inertia of getting off my ass and actually getting myself into gear was was the was the hardest part of the whole thing. And once once I broke that inertia and started getting the ball rolling, it got easier and easier and easier as as I went. the The very beginning was really hard. I was very overweight for for my normal standards and. My diet was really bad, and I was not in a great place mentally. So um, all of that together just was so difficult to turn around. But um, I uh, put a goal together, and uh, with that goal in mind and the support of really good mates, um, I managed to to break that inertia and start getting, getting going. Hey, Teddy, thanks for coming. And, um, yeah, so... So how, 
how did you keep yourself motivated on track? Well, that as well is also very difficult. So the way I kept motivated from that particular time doing that transformation was to have a very, very clear goal, um, the goal and a, and a deadline on that goal. So I, I decided that I was going to leave Zimbabwe and join the British Parachute Regiment of the Army. Um, and knowing that there was a very specific speed I had to run a one and a half mile, um, there was a very specific uh, fitness test that I was going to have to perform. That gave me the metrics that I needed to to push myself um, in the right direction and, and gave me metrics that I could then compare myself against all the time and see if I was making progress or not. So I think the very big, the most important thing when, you, when you're doing, well, most important thing for me with any kind of fitness related type of thing is to have some kind of actual goal that you're working towards otherwise why are you doing it so your why has to be strong as simon sinek talks about find your why and once you have your why you can overcome pretty much anything so if anyone's got anything else to say on that please do otherwise i'll move on to the next question um so this one's related so jim wall uh he said how do you move on and stay positive when you miss a goal um, and Jim and I are pretty good mates, so he knows that uh, the the army goal didn't materialize. Um, I went through the interview processes, I went through uh, a lot of testing, I went through all sorts of things, and eventually, um, having thought that I was a shoo-in for uh, recruitment, and having the recruiters tell me that I was a shoo-in, basically, um, I got rejected by the medical for being gluten intolerant. So <laughs> that was quite a blow. I moved from Zimbabwe to the UK to pursue the, the British Parachute Regiment uh, goal. And um, a couple of months in, thinking I was starting, I was going to start my training in February. This was October. I got an email saying, oh, your medical records show that you have a gluten allergy. And as a result, we're rejecting your application. You need no long, you need not take any further action. So when, when I got that email, my first reaction was, oh shit, now what am I gonna do? Um, but in in the in the grand scheme of things, it was a major blessing in disguise because uh, the money was not going to be good enough. And um, with that, I pursued other things and now I have a really good job when I'm financially secure and everything's working out quite nicely. So um and I am pursuing other life goals. So I think the thing is, how do you stay positive when you miss the goal? Well, you have to recognize that within one major goal, there are a lot of wins along the way. So my goal of joining the army created many, many wins along the way that I celebrate all those wins, that the final goal is not that important. And what, what did I actually achieve whilst pursuing that goal? What for me was bigger, what I achieved on the road to that goal than the actual goal was at the end of the day anyway. Um, the army gave me the motivation and the goal to get out of my slump, get my health back on track, get my mind right, get driven again, push and work hard and, and get my fitness back on track. So it really took me from a really bad place where I was stagnating and, and stuck in a slump and got me unstuck and pushed me forward, got me out of Zimbabwe, got me into a new environment, got me moving forward, and got me in a mindset that even though I didn't get that goal, I was in a, in a mindset that it doesn't matter because I can chase other goals. So sometimes, as long as you, you're counting the wins along the way, I you know, this, this fail was one of, the, one of the most positive fails I've ever had. So um, if you fail, try to fail forward if you can. <laughs> Uh, learn the lessons, 
get the growth out of it. As long as you grow and as long as you learn, there is no failure at the end of the day. So I think that's the that's the important thing. Don't don't focus on the fact that you failed the ultimate goal. Just focus on what you have gained and what you have learned from the situation. I don't know what you guys think. Drop a comment if you have anything to add to that. So the next one, um, who we got here? We've got another motivational one, Greg Market Dateezy. Look, if I butcher your names, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I don't know some of you um, personally, and uh, I haven't heard your name said out loud, Greg. Sorry. Um, I, I remember someone once told me, don't ever mock someone that mis mispronounces a word because it means they learned that word through reading, which is interesting. So instead of mocking them, I understand and realize that they, they are trying to educate themselves in some way. So from Greg Market to TC, what do you do to stay motivated in your day? So motivation is something I struggle with, and it's uh, definitely a thing where I go through periods of high motivation and periods of low, low, low motivation. And I really, really do struggle to keep myself motivated. Normally, if I wake up and I'm motivated in the day, I go through a period, I can go through anything from a week to six months of full-on motivation. But then every now and again, I fall off the wagon and I'll go through a week or, God forbid, a month of low motivation where getting out of that funk again can be a bit of hard work and, and grind. But um, I think very importantly is to is to have again what is your goal? What is your what do you want to achieve in the day? Have very specific outcomes that you are hoping to you know benchmarks that you're hoping to reach. Don't make your goals for the day too big. Split them down into winnable tasks. And uh, you know if you if you say to yourself I've got ten tasks and I can if I accomplish seven I'm happy. Well, that's also good. It's better to to put 10 and accomplish seven than to put none and accomplish none. So motivation in that regard is quite uh, quite a tricky one. And um, sometimes I just uh, <laughs> get up and run. I hate running. Absolutely detest it. But it seems to get my head around um, the, the, the – it helps me break the inertia because it gets me out of my head, gets my body moving, gets me hurting, makes me feel uh, – a bit alive and then i feel like i can if i can accomplish a run that i hate so much then i can accomplish much much more in the day and it's it, it does help a lot so i would recommend getting moving move the body move the body to 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 unstick the mind <laughs> right let's go on to the next one so from graham simmons this is quite a cool one what was your worst and your best river experiences? Well, this is an interesting one because my worst river experience and my best river experience was probably one and the same experience. Um, last year during the cyclone rescues, I was uh, kayaking with Wayne Moss down the Lusitia River in Mozambique. And I had pretty hair-raising situation there where I had three opportunities to to die <laughs> managed to survive all three of them and then it was just one piece of bad luck after another piece of bad luck so I first was drowning second was potential crocodile incident and the third was a hippo incident 
all in the space of like two hours and then a, a massive walk that uh you know with my tail between my legs walking through, through the jungle but if you want to hear that story properly then i actually was in a podcast with greg uh who asked the previous question uh greg and rob and um, i will be posting the link to that podcast tomorrow where I will give you the full story in that podcast. It's a long story and it'll take up a lot of this time. So I don't want to go into too much depth and, you know, it'd be nice if you guys want to listen to that podcast. Otherwise at some stage, it'll be part of the Chronicles of Sun Tui. I'll write the whole story out and add video and photos and all that sort of thing. And um, yeah, so that day, I think it's important just to go back. If you go and listen to the whole story, basically that day was in the present moment whilst drowning, whilst, um, trying not to get eaten by crocodiles and whilst presented with a hippo that wanted to eat me um, and the, the jungle walk and all that in those specific moments, it was shit. It sucked. Um, but between each of those moments, I had real like clarity on, <laughs> on things and, and facing that kind of adversity and, and knowing that you just got to push and keep going. It changes your perspective quite a lot on life. So it's, um, it kind of reminds you of what's important and and actually what you're capable of. One of my favorite things uh, that David Goggins once said, um, and one of the things that I find fascinating is that when you think you've reached your absolute limit, you've probably only hit 40% of what you're capable of. You've got a whole 60% that you can still tap tap on and uh and uh, pull out of you and, and get yourself through some some crazy experiences. So when you really think you've reached the limit, just know you've hit 40%. Have faith that you've got that other 60% and keep going. So yeah, that was that one. Uh, watch the podcast. I'll put it in the comments here even. So when we finish here, it'll be in the comments and then I'll post it as well tomorrow. Uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Just to uh, say, I just want to give a shout out to guys who have joined. We've got uh, Bianca, Lenora, Hazel, Barry, Leslie, Billy Daly, Kevin Riggs, Taz, thank you for coming. Dan Dan, always nice to see you there. And uh, yeah, again, I'll say it again. Please just um, drop a comment to say where you're from, just for, in for interest sake, so everyone else can see. Cree. Nice one, Brute. <laughs> uh, Chris is a machine, strong guy. Wish I had guns like him. One day, maybe. But anyway, so moving on. Um, here's a good one. From Katrina Clemenson. How do you find the will to keep positive day in and day out? Well done for all you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. But this is the truth. I am not positive all day, every day, um, day in and day out. I have very, 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 very great tendency to be negative. Um, I have I have to catch myself a lot because I often um, am susceptible to taking a negative thought process on my own situation and how things are. But again, I think it's about perspective. If you remind yourself... Um, of what you actually have and try and be grateful for where you are and the thing that's happening and look at the situation as a growth experience rather than um, rather than it happening to you. So instead of taking a, a victimized mentality towards whatever adverse ad, adverse things you are facing and rather look at it that um, 
as, as a situation where you have an opportunity to grow and learn, you take it from being a victim type of mentality to being more of a proactive type of mentality. So whatever, whatever hardship or ad adversary you are, adversarial situation you're facing, look at it for what you can gain from it. So instead of, um, instead of letting it happen to you, you happen to the situation. I'm, I'm struggling to articulate what I'm saying. Kudzai from the States. Good to see you. Uh, Kudzai stayed with me in Victoria Falls with another great guy, uh, Mark. And um, yeah, he's originally from Zim, but uh, yeah, he's lived in the States for a long time. And Rita, hi. Flora, nice to see you. Yeah, so that's it. I'm I'm not that positive, and I have to keep on reminding myself to be positive. And I have to I write the the positive things I write because it's how I um, get my head around my own life. So a lot of the positive posts that I write are mostly me trying to organize my own thoughts, trying to remind myself, trying to um, to convince myself sometimes because sometimes I need convincing. And um, yeah, it's I just throw them on Facebook because it's also keeps them nicely for me. And one day I'll do something with them. Maybe, maybe I won't. It's nice to go back and refer to them. And if somebody else likes what I've written, then that's all the more, um, you know, happy days. If it can benefit other people, well, then great. Right. So what have we got next? getting through these quite quickly um that's a good one from drew maconi um what was your toughest snake capture so there's been a lot i mean i've been doing this i i've been doing this since i was nine years old ten years old somewhere around there and um I've, I mean, I was actively going and trying to put flyers on people's cars saying, please don't catch snakes and, and uh, call, a, call an expert since I was 11. And uh, there's quite some, there's a few funny stories about that. Um, and one of the funny stories was that I, I <laughs> this was back before cell phones were a, a thing. Um, I used to get phone calls saying, hey, I've got a snake in my house. Please, can you come catch it? And I'd say yes sure no problem and i'd put down the phone then i'd have to phone my mom at work and say mom quick come pick me up i need to go and catch a snake and my mom would come all the way from work pick me up in her car and take me to the address and the one time i got to an address and i um i got out the car and i said to the man who who was in the garden I said i hear you've got a snake he says yes there's a cobra in this empty swimming pool over here but don't worry young man there's an expert coming to catch it i've already phoned <laughs> so i said to him i said I'm the, the the guy who's coming to catch the snake at the ripe old age of 11. And um, he was horrified, looked at my mom, and my mom was like, well, yeah, I just let him do it. And he actually did let me do it. I think these days no one would uh, would allow that. And definitely in the in the UK, a place like this, there would be there'd be a big issue trying to let a, an 11-year-old catch a cobra in your swimming pool. Um, but the toughest snake capture... I think just the one that was the, the most frightening, again, I wrote about this in the Chronicles of Suntre, so I'll put a link to that in the comments as well for the full story. But it was basically there was a, a, a large black mamba under a old lady's bed at Coronation Cottages in Bulawayo. And just the way it was quite a cramped space and the fact that the snake was in an awkward position and I wasn't quite 
equipped for a black mamba because I wasn't expecting a black mamba. Um, just made the whole thing quite uh, hairy and a little bit risky, especially because the box that I had uh, was a big box with a square lid with a big opening shallow box. It wasn't like a nice bag, long bag that the snake could get lost in and you could close nicely. It was a, a situation where I had to sort of time the letting go of the snake's head and closing the box. And if I had stuffed it up, it probably, I probably would have lost that battle. Comment from Dan. Dan says, life, it throws a lot at you. Well, I mean, if anyone knows that, Dan, it's you. Um, life does throw a lot at once. As they say, it doesn't rain, it pours. And, um, yeah, sometimes it can really be a dick. <laughs> but I think if you let it win, then, uh, then uh, you know, you got to fight back. You gotta, whatever life throws at you, you got to punch back just as hard. Um, so now we've got, please, guys, if you've got anything to add or you've got any particular questions relating to what I've already said, or if you have anything you'd like to to ask at all, just chuck it in the comments, and I'll happily see if I can address that. Um, just checking what else we got here. So we've got another one from Jim. How can I build and maintain a great network of friends? You have many guests on your show and you know me, uh, you know people in so many countries. It's quite admirable. So the thing of knowing a lot of people in a lot of different countries has been really a product of living in Victoria Falls and having a little Airbnb business and working in adventure tourism and that sort of thing. So I was very, very, very privileged to have so many people coming through my home, um, through rafting, through kayaking, through survival courses, through all of that, that I got to meet so many different people and some really incredible, fascinating people. Um, oh, just to acknowledge Daniel's comment, I am winning the battle. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. Um, so, yeah, just... By, as a product of living in that environment and doing those things, it just opened up so many doors. I've also had the opportunity to travel quite a lot and in traveling both with kayaking and normal um, leisurely traveling, I've had the opportunity to meet so many different people. So it's it's been a, a major privilege. Um, I think uh, building and maintaining a great network of friends is all about just being who you are at the end of the day. I think you attract yourself if, as long as you maintain your own um, integrity and uh, and maintain realness, just be who you are. You'll attract the type of people that want to be around you. And I think it's important to notice, note that you're not, not everyone's going to like you. I've got people who hate me just as much as people who like me. And, and that's okay too. You can't please everybody. And um, why would you want to, uh, you know, People who uh, gravitate towards your sort of uh, mind, mind and, the, and the way you think and the way you operate will gravitate towards you. And um, I'm just lucky that I have a lot of really good people that seem to gravitate towards me. So it's um, I'm, I'm lucky. Um, I think also it's one of those things that I, I try to, wherever possible, maintain one major rule in my life and that's whenever i encounter somebody i try to always leave them with more and not less so whatever i whatever whatever interaction i have with anybody whether it's someone at a behind a till at a supermarket or at a, at a fuel station or at a 
conference or at a five-star hotel, it doesn't matter. Whoever I encounter, I always want to feel like, I want them to feel like they have gained from meeting me in some way rather than feeling like I've sapped them and, or taken from them. And again, there will be people out there that, that will feel I have sapped from them and taken from them. And if that's the case, it was never intentional. But you, you know, one man's meat is another man's poison. You can't please more. So yeah, just just do you and and that's all that's required, really. Hi, Michelle. Haven't uh, spoken to you in a while. <laughs> nice to see you there. Right, I've got one last question that uh, was sent in. Um, and after that, I'll open up to, to anyone watching. And if there's nothing, then I'll wrap because it'll be nice to keep this one a bit shorter since the ones with the guests have always gone on for about an hour. This one we can keep to around 30 minutes or so unless there's actual questions, which I will happily address all of them. So the last one that I have prepared was from Mirabella Sartori. And she's quite simply asked, what, um, what's with the ice baths? And, um, well, quite frankly, the ice baths are all about suffering. <laughs> so I think it's important that, like we were talking earlier about how to keep yourself motivated and how to keep yourself um, in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, keep the inertia, keep you from, from building up inertia and keep, carry, keep you going um, through the, the, the tougher times. And ice baths are something that you can do every day. If you start your day doing one difficult thing, it opens up the rest of your day to, to being easy. So that's one thing. I don't do ice baths every day, just for the record. I try to have cold showers wherever possible. Um, but I do, since I've been in the UK, I do try to swim in the river near my house every Sunday if I can, especially through winter when it's really, really cold. Um, back in Zim, I used to actually twice a week go to Greenvale supermarket and buy ice and fill a bath with ice and all that. And the reasons are, are many. One of the major reasons is it has been shown to um, improve mental health. It makes you feel good. It really does. Um, it's really hard, like getting in it and getting into the into a cold shower or an ice bath, especially in winter here, is tough and it i often have to psych myself up and get myself going but once i get in and and relax into it and and uh drop out of my mind a bit and into my body when you get out oh it just feels so good the other thing is that it's it's has really good um effects on inflammation as a whole so because i was doing a lot of fitness last year i started doing it as well to try and keep my muscles uh from being sore and so i could push every day and and try and get my goals done as fast as possible um third it's supposed to um promote the production of brown fat as opposed to white fat and brown fat is supposed to be a bit of fuel source it's more thermogenic it's um it's healthier fat not the kind that kills you um there's immune boosting benefits there's cognitive benefits there's so many benefits i think it would be really good if you're really interested in it google it have a have a look at uh, the benefits of ice baths and, and cold showers uh, from muscle recovery to cognition to all of that stuff and it's just 
one of those things that's really, really good. Also, last year I was exploring, well, last year and still continue, continuing to try and do that, I was exploring my relationship with creating discomfort on my own, uh, on my own terms. Because if you can create discomfort on your own terms and, and learn to deal with discomfort and keep pushing your comfort levels as far as possible, then when life throws you curveballs and you're suddenly thrust into a place of discomfort, discomfort is not a foreign thing to you. It's not like, oh, fuck. So, um, you know, uh, you don't, what was the thing that I think Ishmael used to say? You don't train, you don't train for the good days. You train for the hard days. You train, you train for when things go to shit. So, um, yeah, if you want peace, prepare to prepare for war. CV pack and parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. So, um, yeah, that was the major reason behind it. Dan says, I think you got that from me. I think he's talking about the leave people with more, not less. And it's very, very, very possible that I got that from you, Dan. For those of you who don't know, um, Daniel, when I was 18, I worked under Daniel. Daniel was like uh, a mentor for me. And he really, really taught me a lot and uh, had a, a lot to play in shaping the person who I am today. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. And um, Daniel is a very big man in my life so always chuffed to see daniel in the comments and that he's watching because uh big love mad respect for dan anyway uh so if you've got any questions please drop them in the comments now i'm going to give you a couple of minutes to to do that if you if, if there's none then i will call it a wrap in the meantime i just want to tell you that i've got next week i've got a guest i'm not going to tell you who yet um, I've got another guest for the week after, but I'm looking for guests all the time. So if you want to be a guest on on a broadcast, if you've seen uh, the previous broadcasts where I had Jim and Graham and uh, Shantiso, I'm keen to talk about whatever. Um, I'm really looking to talk to somebody about conservation, hunting. I'd like to touch on those topics wherever possible. And um, I would really... Ah, Dan, <laughs> you made me all warm inside. Thanks. Um, and um, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to chat about anything. And also, again, let's let's talk about the hard stuff. When we when when we talk about it, let's, you know, one of the the greatest routes to success is about being able to hold two conflicting ideas in your mind and work towards solutions from that rather than being too biased on one thing. So whatever topic it is, I will ask hard questions. I will pry into things that um, that um, that are uncomfortable, but I will be doing it from a point of view where I don't really have my own opinion on it yet, especially when it comes to conservation and stuff. I, I've, although I've done a lot with snake conservation and reptile stuff and and really do get involved with conservation i have my own conflicting ideas on it that i battle with all the time um nicholas says are there any animals that you are afraid of like spiders etc because it seems you must like snakes to catch them so if you don't actually like them how did you get over that fear right so that's a good question so i was terrified of snakes i was not um i'm this is a very important thing that everybody needs to know is that i am a giant wuss I am quite terrified of pretty much everything. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of hurting myself. I'm afraid of uh, spider, not spiders, for some reason. They don't worry me. 
um, I was afraid of snakes to quite a serious degree. Um, and what happened was that whenever I have a situation where I'm afraid of something, I get really annoyed with myself. I don't like being afraid. I don't like the fact that something has power over me like that. So I fight it with, um, with uh, knowledge. And I turn, I turn fear to fascination and I turn fascination to obsession and obsession to knowledge and knowledge is power. So that's the, that's the basic sequence. And so with snakes, what happened was I, I was, I was little, I got really afraid of them. Um, I decided that the only way to stop them from eating me was to learn as much about them, where they live, where they're going to be, what they eat, how they behave, how they everything so that I know where they're going to be and how they, where not to be in, around snakes. And so I started learning as much and reading as many snake books and, and looking at whatever I could on snakes. There was no internet really back then. Um, and as, as that, 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 um, that fascination developed, it turned into a bit of an obsession and then it turned into, Oh, I want to keep a snake. And, oh, and then I, I started keeping snakes and catching snakes and moving on. And it just got more and more and more. But if you watch me catch a snake now, I'm not stupid. I don't go there all heroic dangling it by the tail. I take every single precaution and take only the most educated risks <laughs> when, when catching that snake. I'm not, I'm not going to go there just pouncing on it. I do it very carefully. And if I don't have to touch it with my hands, then I don't. I don't, uh, there's no, there's no ego or, um, or pride in uh, throwing, hang, doing, you know, dangling a snake around in my hands. If I can use tongs and get it safely into a bag without having to even physically touch it, then I'll do it that way. I only touch a snake with my hands that's harmless or if it's venomous, if I absolutely have to for the sake of the snake's safety or my safety. Um, Daniel says, what was your most life-changing situation? That's a big question. I think the most, there's been a couple of massive ones. I mean, um, uh, one of the, there was something that happened to me when I was a teenager, which is hectic, which I won't go into now. Then there was, then the, the, the death of my father, that almost broke me. I almost, that was, that's probably the biggest. When my dad died, I was finished. My mind went completely. And then I just was a downward spiral right up until January, 2019, January last year. It was from, from 2015 when my dad died, my life just went like this slowly down, down, down. Cause I didn't deal with it. I didn't, um, I didn't acknowledge what was happening. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really process it properly. Um, there was a lot of things that happened as a result of his death that just added stress. There was a lot of things that, um, that weren't taken care of properly. There was, it was just one of those. It also, my dad was my, my best friend, my father, my mentor, my, he was my everything, and uh, we had a very, very close relationship. Um, I loved that man like I've never loved another man, <laughs> another person. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, the, his, the, his loss really, 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 really affected me. But I'm glad to say that I've processed that, and um, it took a long time. It took four years, five years, five years, four years, four years. Um and now it's nothing but good memories and um, 
and happiness for who he was and what he gave to me. Um, Bianca says, do you miss life in Zim? Well, there's, if I'm going to be completely honest, straight up and no bullshit, real, I don't miss life in Zim at all. I mean, I miss people. I miss some of my really close mates. I miss, uh, I miss certain things. I miss more like the people and doing things with those people that I love to do in that place. Like I wouldn't go back to Zim just to do something that I could do there because without those people, because it's about the people and the relationships more than the geography. Geography is not a big thing for me. Um, um, and also my last two years in Zim were such a struggle financially and with all sorts of, uh, you know, just, just the economy and the way things are. And it just make, uh, it just makes you, you feel, you know, it just, it, it got me down. I'll be honest. And having moved here, life is just simpler. And I like the simple life. And I like the fact that I can do the things I love to do whilst living here because I'm, it affords me to do those things. And I don't have to worry about all the small little things all the time, like electricity and water and, fuel and you know this is the stuff that really should be a given so do i miss life in some aspects of it yes i miss kayaking on the zambezi who wouldn't um i miss being able to go off into the bush who wouldn't but i again here i spend more time in the wilderness than i did back home because it's on my doorstep as well i live in the middle of the forest so i i'm sure there's no lions and there's no no uh no buffaloes and hyenas but in some ways that's also nice because i'm not always worried about getting eaten by something when i'm in the forest i can just enjoy myself so you can't compare places you you know and i think also it's important if you do move on you need to move on you can't be sitting i can't be sitting in england wishing i was in in zim and if i and when i was in zim i wasn't sitting in zim wishing i was in england i was just present wherever I was and you know, you, you do what you do wherever you are. And if you don't like your position, then you need to adjust and move if possible. You know, I'm not saying move countries, but adjust and move where you are in your in yourself. Daniel, I think you have a lot of his qualities. Oh, that's my dad's qualities. Well, that's, if I could be half or even a quarter of the man, my old man was, then I feel like it would be a success. So thank you for that, Dan. Karen, watch out for those foxes. The only time those foxes are annoying is when they're shagging at night. I've never heard a more horrendous sound in my life than foxes shagging. It sounds like it sounds like babies being murdered. It's I know that's graphic, but it's the most horrendous thing I've ever encountered. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we're done. Uh, what are we on? We're on 38 minutes, nearly 40 minutes. I'll give it another few minutes, and uh, if there's anybody else who wants to say anything, then please, please jump in and drop your comment. This is fun. I hope it's as fun for you as it is for me. And uh, I've got an inbox message. I wonder if that's somebody. No. Scotty, I see you, mate. Um... We've got another one here. 
from inbox wants to remain anonymous if you could send a letter from your present self to your future and past selves what would those letters say geez that's a big one you could do a whole a whole video just on that um if i could send a letter from my present self to my future self and to my past self what would it say well to my past self i think it would just be Yeah, geez, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to give that one more thought. Maybe we'll address that next time. Christine Robinson, don't you miss your mom? Of course I miss my mom. What a silly question. <laughs> what boy doesn't miss his mom? But my mom is uh, alive and well, and at the earliest possible convenience, when COVID is over, she'll get a ticket and she'll come visit us, and all will be good. So, yeah, I mean, and there's a uh, today we've got technology so you can communicate and again i was living in vic falls she was living in bulawayo so it's not i mean i've only been out of zimbabwe for nine months i lived in victoria falls outside of and i mean it was just the same really we saw each other really and probably it would be around the same amount of time between visits as vic falls was a once a year visit so um kind of used to it i guess scotty smart am i losing the tan yet you're straight bro I'm pale as pale 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 but i'm okay with that tanning is overrated the sun is dangerous um always wear sunscreen listen to that song <laughs> as long as you get enough vitamin d you're all good could side zamiri it certainly was enlightening to hear you speak about your experiences with COVID going on in the States. It's hard to hear someone speak on motivating and or fulfilling experiences, regardless of them being positive or negative. It certainly was enlightening to hear you speak about your experiences with COVID going on in the States. It's hard to hear someone speak on motivating and being positive or negative. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, Karen, if you could guarantee to pass one quality or skill onto your boys, sons, what would it be? I'm going to swear right now. And um, I think one quality that I think I would want to pass on is sheer dog fuck. Dean McGregor, if you're listening, Justine normally listens, but she's not there today. Uh, dog fuck. Dog fuck is, 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 a, is a crude way of saying absolute dogged determination. Um, I think if you're determined and unwilling to compromise on a goal or, a, or an achievement, you can get quite far uh, with little else. So just that sheer dogfuck determination, um, I think, is the one thing that I would like to do. And I use that because Dean McGregor once said to me, he said, <laughs> he said he's, not, he's not seen a, a paddler with such dogfuck. And I was thinking of saying, you know, I'm not very good at paddling, which I'm pretty average at kayaking, but I get my way down the river through sheer determination and uh, dog fuck drive. Um, he said that to me actually when I dislocated my shoulder and then carried on kayaking to the end of the river anyway, because I refused to walk out. So yeah, I think, I think um, that's it. All right, Matthew Jolliffe. Dogfuck is vital for the survival of their generation. 
I think you were there when when uh, when uh, Dean told me that I about that dog food thing. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap up there. That's good. Forty five minutes. Thank you again for everybody who's participated and and come and join me on this broadcast. I really do appreciate it because if you guys weren't there, this would be pointless, and um, there would be no content because there would be no questions. So. Um, big love to all of you. Thank you so much. I hope I have left you with more and not less. I hope um, I hope uh, that you gain some value out of this. Also, happy days. You can comment. If any time you think I'm talking absolute shite, just tell me I'm talking shite. But tell me in a way that's constructive. If you um, if you want to tell me I'm talking shite, tell me, but give me pointers that I can improve. Because uh, if you're going to criticize, then please give me something I can work with so I can actually uh, get better from it. If it's just going to be malicious and like, oh, you're an idiot, well, then I'll just delete your comment because it's not helpful. Um, but yeah, feedback is great. Send in questions, send in whatever. Tag anybody, share this with anybody you want. And make suggestions on who else I can interview and bring on as a guest because it's always nice to hear from different perspectives. I saw David Amiot was in the feed earlier. I don't know if he's still there. I'm hoping to have him as a guest, but we're just struggling with internet issues. Um, but yeah, really want a conservationist and a hunter guide, please. Any hunter guide who's keen. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm going to sign off from there. Thank you guys for coming. Much love. And uh, check out the podcast that I post tomorrow, and that'll give you the full river story. And like I said, I'll put the other, oh, I'll put the podcast and the snake story in the comments here. Love you all lots and lots. Take care. Bye bye.